on Calvary's cross. Well, I trust that your heart have been prepared for the preaching of God's word. Amen? Amen. And, um, and that's why we sing and do all these things so that the heart can be fertile soil to receive the seed, that that seed can take root, germinate, and bring forth fruit in our lives. Once again, we are thrilled today to have Pastor Earl Brandy. He pastors the First Baptist Church there in Madden's, formerly Brooklyn, just a little bit down the road from there. And that church was the first Baptist church planted in Nevis and has been instrumental in so many men and servants of God, women, boys and girls being raised up for the kingdom building effort of a pastor emeritus here, my dad and mom, that was their home church, and so many others here as well, and many people who have gone to other islands and further afield. That church has certainly done an amazing job over the years, and we thank God for being instrumental in raising a pastor Brandy. Thank God for his precious wife as well, and for their daughter, and for their family, and for the work that they're doing there. We're delighted that you're here today. You've accepted our invitation. Uh, you come and you preach the word of God and uh, thank God for what he's laid upon your heart in advance. I know that he'll be a blessing to you. And uh, once again, Pastor Brandy, God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. And I just want to Thank all of you for joining us today here at Shiloh Baptist. I want to thank Pastor Wayne and the members at Shiloh for the invitation to come and speak the Word of God. It's always a pleasure to be at Shiloh for worship or fellowship. It's always um, so nice just to be able to sing and just to be able to share the Word of God um, with uh, the brethren anywhere where God's people uh, will uplift his precious name. And I want to acknowledge uh, my wife and daughter. Um, they have been so supportive um, as I um, preach the word of God and do <laughs> and the and do the work of God. And so I'm so happy to be here today. I've thoroughly enjoyed the service thus far, the singing and the scripture reading and the testimonies and so forth. Um, they have been a blessing. And uh, now I want us to look into the Word of God. Let me also wish Shiloh Baptist Church a very um, happy um, 48th anniversary. And yes, it's been a long time, it seems, but the years go by so quickly. And, uh, you know, I can think of Pastor Maynard and others, as Pastor Wayne said, when they were at First Baptist. I wasn't around then, but I think those persons in the village would remember we used to just go and, and peep in the window at night, you know, and, and listen to what's happening there. And so I just want to thank Pastor Maynard Sr. Um, for... Um, what he would have imparted. Even since that, he would have pastored our church um, on a temporary basis as well. All right, today we're going to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 150. 
Psalms 150, that's the very last chapter in that book. And it is the passage that the church would have chosen for the celebration. Psalms 150. And the main verse is verse 6, which is the last verse of that passage. And since we would have read it already for scripture reading today, I would just read verse 1 and verse 6. And the Bible says in verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. And I go down to verse 6. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for being so good to us and so wonderful. We ask, so oh God, as we go into your word, that you will guide, that you will direct. I pray that you would also search our hearts and that you would forgive us of our failures. And that, Lord, you would be merciful unto us. Help us, Lord, to understand the importance of praising you. And even as I speak, I pray that you would grant utterance and that your word, dear God, would reach the heart of each and every one of us. We pray that you would let your will be done. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I have chosen to speak on the obvious and easy to remember topic, but a very important one it is, and it's simply praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, can we say that again? Praise the Lord. And that phrase comes from the Hebrew word that we use often enough, hallelujah. And that word is divided into two parts mainly, hallel, which means to praise. And the last part, yah or jah, we would say, which means God. And so hallelujah really means praise God or praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we say that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And today, so I have spoken to speak from the chapter that you have chosen. I could have gone to so many other passages in the Word of God, but I thought that this is a wonderful passage to speak on today. And I know, like I said, that your main verse is the last verse. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The book of Psalm begins with uh, a comparison of the blessed man and the ungodly. It speaks of um, two ways or two separate parts. And if you were to go through the book of Psalms, you would see how the matter of repentance is spoken of and forgiveness of sins. We see goodness, the goodness of God and the mercies of God. We see the prophecies of the crucified Messiah. We see the importance of God's word throughout the book of Psalms. And the writers are from various backgrounds and of various sorts. And they speak of their times of, of troubles and their times of their good times throughout their lifetime. And yet, even after all this, the psalmist, who is believed to be David, now comes to the end of the book, and David says again and again in the end of the book, let us praise the Lord. Amen. The psalmist David, who 
would have had his highs and he would have had his lows. He even went as far, the very last sentence or statement, he could say nothing less but let us praise the Lord. Thirteen times. Can you imagine? In these six short verses, David said thirteen times, we must praise the Lord. And so, what less can we do? Coming to the end, or right at the end of this verse, he would have said that. And I'm thinking that the same way, when we come to the end of our life, the last words on our tongue are to be words of praise. We are to say thank you. And it ought to be words of praise when we end this life, because when we start that life over there, we will begin with words of praise. We would be thanking God for all that he has done. And for who he is. And so before we look a little closer at this psalm. Let me settle in our minds what praise is. In simple terms, praise is an expression in some form of something good about another. And, and while it's okay to praise someone for a job well done, today we are talking about the God who deserves all the praise. We are talking about Jesus. Amen? Let me hasten to say that praise is not entertainment just to get attention. We don't lift our hands simply because we feel strong. We don't shout because we can make noise. We don't play the instruments just to display our talent. But we praise God because of who he is. We praise him because he has been good. He is holy. He is wonderful. And there is none like unto him. That is why we praise him. He is worthy. That is why we say hallelujah. And we know exactly why we praise him. And I hope that when we praise him, we really do so, as the psalmist says in, in Psalm 47 and verse 7, that we must praise him with understanding. We know what it's all about, and we know why we are doing so. And so the psalmist in our text recognizes who God is, and he admonishes us in this very important matter of giving praise to God. We would see... The psalm is speaking about a number of things today. And I want to mention at least four of them. I want to look at the place of praise. And I want to look at the person of praise. The proclamation of praise. Then I want to talk about the participants in praise. And so as we look at these um, points today, I ask us to turn our attention first to verse 1 of chapter 150. And the psalmist says again, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, and praise him in the firmament of his power. I mean, without reading this verse, I believe all of us would say that we ought to praise God everywhere. And that is so true. We must praise him at home. We must praise him in the church, praise him at school, at work. 
We must praise him when we are driving along in the car. Even in this Psalm 149, he said, when we are on our beds, we must praise him. So we must praise him everywhere. But it is significant that the psalmist mentioned two places in this verse. It is significant that the psalmist says for us, we must praise him in the sanctuary. I believe just like God would have tabernacled with his people back then, and just like they would have praised him in the temple, today God expects us to praise him in the house of God. He expects that. We are to praise him in the sanctuary. And sometimes I think that we miss the main reason as to why we come. Why we are gathered in his sanctuary. I mean, yes, we come for encouragement. And we come for edification. And we come to challenge souls. But the most important reason is to praise God. That's the important reason. I mean, yes, we want to read souls. But we must go out and read souls. And we must come here and just praise him. And give him thanks. In Psalm 149, just the Psalm before. And verse 1, note what it says. It says, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of the saints. Oh, saints, we need to be praising God so much. You know, when we walk into this place, I mean, that's the purpose of the saints. Just exalt his name and praise him. We're familiar with Psalms 100, 100 and verse 4 where it says, Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. You know, after a long week, well, the weeks are very short these days, right? After a day or a week of experiencing God's faithfulness, we must come with grateful hearts and a sacrifice of praise. That's what we find in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 15. Now, can you imagine what it would be like if every Sunday believers leave home, come into church, and all they're thinking about is what God would have done during the week for them and, and, what, and who God really is? I mean, by the time we come here and we are gathered here, there's going to be a burst of praise. But the problem is that sometimes we leave home with all kinds of things on our minds. And we get into the house of God and our minds are not even here. But if we are thinking about God, oh, there would be such a wonderful praise among the saints. And that's what I, we need to do. That's what I encourage all of us to do. Just think about who God is as we step onto church. I believe where God's people are lifting up and magnifying his name, God is right in the midst. I mean, God loves that. I mean, Psalm 21 verse 3 says, He inhabits the praises of his people. So God expects us to praise him. That is something we really would want to see much more when we gather in the house of God. And so David says that we must praise him in the sanctuary. But David also said that we must praise him in the firmament of his power. I mean, the firmament speaks of this vast expanse around and above us. I mean, not only here on earth, but 
the heavens must be filled with his praises. God is to be praised everywhere. Listen to the psalmist just two chapters before. Go back to, to chapter 148 and listen to what the psalmist says here. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all ye angels. Praise ye him, all ye hosts. Note verse 3. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens. And he waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. All of creation praising God. Amen. Amen. And we see David in Psalm 19. A very popular passage of scripture. One that we are to know so well. And David uttered similar words in Psalm 19 when he says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. And in verse 3 it says, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Amen. I'm telling you, when we look around us, we are to see God's creation just praising God. Amen. So, David says, In the firmament, Firmament, we must praise him. And then he says, in the sanctuary, we must praise him. You see, the glory of God fills the universe so much. How can we not see him? How can we not love him? How can we not praise him? I mean, all around and above us, we see his power. I mean, we see who he really is. We see his marvelous design. We see his wisdom. And we can truly praise him everywhere. And so praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the permanent. And then we see our second point here. We, the psalmist went on to say in verse 2. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. So what we are seeing here is the person of praise. The person of praise. I mean, from the very onset in verse 1, the writer declares who this person is. And he consistently repeats the name or the pronoun all the way through this passage. He started out by, by saying we must praise the Lord. Praise God. And if you look at this word, Lord, it's in all caps. You know what that means? It means that we must praise the self-existing one. Praise the eternal one. We're not talking about someone who is here today and he's not here tomorrow. I mean, this is the eternal one that we must praise. This is not someone who may deserve some praise or commendation today, but not next year. I mean, this is someone who should be praised at all times, this year, next year. And we just heard the song, Forever. Forever. This is the unending praises that David is referring to. And here's what the psalmist says about this person of praise. He said two things in this verse. He said we must praise him because of his mighty acts. Praise him because of his deeds or what he has done. I mean, he describes his actions or the actions of God as powerful, as mighty. I mean, when we think of God creating the heavens and the earth out of nothing, 
That's powerful. That's a mighty act. When we think of how he, he commanded the, the sea, how, how he commanded the waves to obey him, that's powerful. When we think of how he has formed us in our mother's womb and he kept us there and bring us out alive, that's powerful. That's powerful. More than anything else, when we think of the plan and the work of redemption, it is beyond comprehension. The great acts that God would have done. And thank God we know that not only he did it then, he can do it now. And he can do it tomorrow. So he says, we must praise him for his mighty acts. Psalms 107, the psalmist says in a few of the verses there. And this is a psalm of, of praise that I believe that we are to know so well. But in Psalm 107, and in verse 8, hear the psalmist. He says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And he went on to say in, in verse 9, For he satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the word of God and contempt the counsel of the Most High. But if you jump down to verse 15, it says again, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, when we think of God's goodness, it's not just about the believer. But it's about the unbeliever as well, because the Bible says that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. So, so often we hear people talk about how good God has been to them. Well, the obvious response are to be repentance. Trust in God as Lord and personal Savior. And so, the great acts of God. But I want to ask you, what has God done for you? And I'm sure you would say so many things that he has done for you. But for me, the list is unending. I mean, he, he woke me and my family up this morning and he got us on our way. I mean, he has provided, he has protected, he has healed my body, he has preserved me. He has done great things for me. What gets me shouting the most? It's when I think of how he has redeemed me. Amen. How he has purchased me with the blood of his son Jesus and, and saved my soul from the torments of hell. And he has given me life everlasting. That's what gets me shouting. I hope you too can say that and more. When you remember where? When you remember what and, and who he took you from? You can do nothing less than praise him. When you think of how he delivered you from sin and, and from sickness, and, and I mean, how can you not say hallelujah? God has indeed been good. You have so much to give God praise for. So much that the world doesn't know anything about. And so we are to be praising him. Praise God not only for what he has done for you, but praise God for what he has done for the sister. 
and for the brother. And sometimes we, we miss that. Sometimes we just think about what he has done for, for me. But the sister and the brother, I mean, can you imagine when God does something for the sister and we join that chorus? Can you imagine what fire goes for the church? Because we are praising God for the sister and brother and for the church. Sometimes we may think, well, things are not so good with me. But if you can't look at yourself, look at what God is doing elsewhere and give thanks. I have a good pastor friend, and one time we were talking, and he said to me, you see that verse in Romans 12, uh, which says, rejoice with them that rejoice, and weep with those who weep. He said, we are pretty good at the second part, but we're not so good at the first part. We weep with them that weep. Somebody is sick or we, we, we wish them well. And you know, we pray for them that they get better. And somebody has, has a death in the family. You know, and we extend our condolences. But he said that first part, rejoice with them that rejoice. We need some help there. We need some help. And so we, we can do that. And the more we do that, the more we give in praise to God. And we can't just burst this place in praise. Praise for others. That's why the Bible said, just let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Let it say so. And when God has done something good for us, why don't we just tell it? Why, why don't, I mean, sometimes it may mean saying it a little louder. So that the neighbor could hear, and, and the sister could hear, and, and the brother could hear, and the pastor knows about it. Because God has been good. It's crazy. And so, the person of praise, this is a person who has done great things. The person of praise, this is one, or secondly, one who has great attributes. I mean, look at what the psalmist said in verse 3, the latter part of that. He says in verse 2, We'll praise him for his mighty acts. And then he says, praise him according to his excellent greatness. So not just about what he has done, but praise him for who he is. He is excellent. I mean, our God is so great that everything about him is excellent. And we've heard that, that word a few times today in song. Just a few chapters backwards in, in this book of Psalms, Psalm 145. And look at verse 3. Verse 3, the Bible says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. I mean, God is so great that he is described as being excellent. And he is excellent in all of his attributes. Everything about him is excellent. I can praise him because he is forever with your heard. I can praise him because he is faithful. I can praise him because he is a loving God. I can praise him because he is unchanging. He is unstoppable. He is everlasting. He is forgiving. He is the omnipotent God. Yes, I can praise him because he is omniscient. 
I can praise him because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And so I can say hallelujah. No wonder Psalm 8. The psalmist said he is excellent in all the earth. And the psalmist started with that. He's excellent in all the earth. And right down to the end of the chapter he says the same thing. He is excellent in all the earth. What a wonderful God he is. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 3 speaks of how worthy he is. We're not going to turn to, to that, but say that he deserves all honor and all praise. He is the worthy God. And so we see the person of praise and we, we saw the, the place of praise. And then thirdly, we see the proclamation of praise. Proclamation of praise back in our text in Psalm 150 and verses 3 to 5, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the psaltery and harp, praise him with the timbrel and dance, and praise him with stringed instruments and organs, praise him upon the loud cymbals, praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. I hope some persons don't get uneasy when they read those verses. But we see them here in the work, in the word of God. And so the proclamation of praise, this has to do with the declaring, the telling, the expressing or the announcing of what God has done for you and what he means to you. And often we express this praise in different ways. In Psalm 134, two, we can do so by lifting our hands. In Psalm 147 and verse 1, we can do so with singing. Uh, we can do so with our lips, Hebrews 13, 15. We can do so by clapping our hands, Psalm 147 or 47 and verse 1. And we can do so as we see here in music. We can praise him with music. It tells us we can use our breath. When we read these um, verses and, and the instrument mentioned here, we see that we can use our breath to blow the trumpet, the bread that he has given to us. Amen? Amen? To blow the trumpet and other pipe instruments. We see here that we can use our fingers for the harp, as we see mentioned here, and the guitar and, and the piano. We can use our whole hand for the tambourine. We see timbrel here. In other words, we must praise God with all that we've got. Amen. All that we've got. We can use our whole body, as I saw Brother Kenley doing earlier. And that's why it mentions dance. And so all that God has blessed us with, has given to us, we can use them to praise him. With all we've got. And so if it takes instruments, we can do so. And sometimes you may only have a little flute. Well, blow it to the glory of God. And you may neither have flute nor fingers, but you can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's what we are to do. Use whatever we ha have with all that we got. There was a man who walked into a church and he saw a lady lifting her hands praising God. And this man was amazed and he couldn't understand it. And you know why he couldn't understand it? 
Because this lady had deformed hands. And she's yet trying to put up her hands to praise God. I mean, her hands were diseased. I mean, her hands were crooked. But not only that, this lady was standing on crutches. And so he couldn't understand. But that's what it ought to be for us as believers. Whatever it is, however we can, we must just praise him. Praise him with all we've got. That's what we see the psalmist indicating here. So whether they are instruments or not, there is nothing, nothing like the sound or even the look of praise to God because God inhabits the praise of his people. These verses tell us that worship must not be dull. That worship must not be boring. When we come into his sanctuary, we must praise him with all that we've got. Psalm 86 and verse 12 says that we must praise him with our whole heart. And then we know Psalms 103 and verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I'm saying it's really a sorry sight when we watch persons in worship service with no interest in singing praises to God. I mean, how can we not get excited singing to God be the glory, great things he has done? How can we not get excited when we sing, when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. How great thou art. How can we not get excited? How can we not get excited when we sing, I love you, Lord, for your mercies never fail me. I will sing of the goodness of God. We ought to get excited about that. We can proclaim the praise of God with everything that God has blessed us with, with all that we've got. Many of us are familiar with George Handel's remarkable musical piece. A piece called The Messiah. And part of that wonderful work is what we know as the Hallelujah Chorus. It is said that Handel put his all into his work. And he put his all into his work against all odds when religious presentations were not allowed or were fought against in his country. And he spent 24 days with little sleep and food just to put this together. He gave it all that he had. It is said that while he was doing that aspect of the hallelujah course, that his servant walked in and saw him with tears running down his cheeks. And he said to his servant, he said, I believe I have seen heaven open. And I've seen God on his throne and his angels around him praising him. And that is what enlightened him and encouraged him to just keep on keeping on with that work he was doing. Because heaven burst open to him. I'm saying when we praise God, heaven will come down. 
heaven will come down. So we need to praise God. We need to give him all that we've got. Proclaim praises to him whichever way we can. And then, lastly, we see in verse 6, the participants of praise. Verse 6, I'll read it again so that we don't forget it when we leave here. It says, let everything that has bread praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I want to ask you, how many of you are thankful that you're breathing today? Then you ought to be praising the Lord. I just heard a, a few amen. amen. <laughs> Let me ask you again. How many of you are thankful that you're breathing today? Amen. 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 Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let me quickly say, if you're not breathing, then you're excused. You are excused from praising God. I mean, you remember King Hezekiah? The Bible said that he was sick unto death. And I think I want us to turn to this passage. Because I like what Hezekiah says here in Isaiah 38. Isaiah 38. And let's listen to the words of the king. Isaiah 38. And we're going to drop down to verse 17. Isaiah 38, verse 17. So Isaiah, uh, Hezekiah was sick. Sick unto death, we see in the very first verse of that chapter. And he cried out and he told God that he had um, lived with a, a perfect heart and so forth. We see that in, in verse 3. And then Isaiah went to God on his behalf. And God extended his ears. But note what Hezekiah said in verse 17. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness. But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Isn't that a praise there? I, I mean, thou hast delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. Isn't that the same reason why you're here today? Especially for those who, are, who know Jesus as Lord and personal Savior. Oh, and he says again in that, your sins have been cast behind his back. Wow. For us, there are many. There are many. But God has cast them behind his back. But what I really want you to see is verse 18, which says, for the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. And that is why the psalmist can say, if you have breath, you should be praising God. Because when we lose this breath, when we don't have it anymore, we can't. We can't. While we are here, while we are alive, Give praise to God. Just say hallelujah. hallelujah. Because Hezekiah got it right. He said, when I go six feet, I can't do it. I can't do it. But he is alive. And in verse 19, he says, Oh, the living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known 
thy truth. And verse 20 says, The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Oh yes, we must praise him. Once we have breath, there is a responsibility to praise God. It does not matter how you are feeling. It doesn't matter how these circumstances may be. You can praise the Lord. The same breath that we use to complain, we can use it to praise God. That's what the psalmist is telling us. Sometimes praising God is just what we need to change the circumstances around. We may try all kinds of other things, and the circumstances may stay the same or get worse. What about try praising God? That would change it. I think Jehoshaphat did that, and it worked out fine. And so in verse 6, like the other verses, it commands us to give praise. This is a command to give praise to God. It's not an option. I mean, that is why the psalmist kept repeating it again and again, to remind us that we must give praise to the Almighty God. Amen. This will be our occupation in eternity. Why don't we get ready now? Because as soon as we step out of here into God's heaven, we are going to be praising him. That's why we are reminded to do so. We ought to be praising God with every opportunity we get. Not a day, not even one day, should pass by without we praising God. Not a day. Earlier we sang that song, um, This is the Day. We didn't sing it, but I think Brother Kenley mentioned that. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Psalms 118 and verse 24. And you know, that, that verse has meant so much to me. I mean, I think about it so often that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Rejoice and be glad in it. And you know why I like that verse so much? Because it does not matter what happens in, in that day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I mean, sometimes things may not go right for us in that day. But you know, it's the day that the Lord has made. And so we should rejoice. It did not say that we must rejoice if the day is good. Rejoice because it is the day that the Lord has made. Psalms 34 and verse 1 says, I will Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And that's what I want to encourage all of us to do. Just bless the Lord at all times. As I close, I want you to think about how much praising God you did. In, you have done in your life. How much of this past week included praise how much time did you spend praising God did you think each day of what God has done for you for that day and who God really is because if you can't find something that he has done for you and you really ought to because there's so much things the fact that you're alive he has done something but think also about who he is each day 
And as I said at the beginning, as you prepare to come to the worship service each week, make sure that the mindset is right. Maybe we can search our hearts and ask ourselves, what is usually my mindset coming to church? What do I usually focus on? Because it's so important that our focus is right. That we have come here to praise a God who has been good. We are coming here to praise a God who is worthy. And we are coming here just to uplift and magnify his precious name. And so let us ask God. Let us pray that God will help us to not just have a parade coming to church, but a heart filled with praise. Because sadly, too many parade to church without even thinking about praising God and what God has done. Let our lives be punctuated with praises for God.